Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm here today to talk to you about our sponsor, Libris Arcana. They offer dice subscriptions, leather gaming covers, and more. I signed up for their monthly subscription, and let me tell you, these are some great dice. They're perfect for causing some trouble in our game. Head over to their website, librisarcana.com, and you can get a subscription of your very own. That's L-I-B-R-I-S-A-R-C-A-N-A dot com. As a bonus to Seasons of Skyrend listeners, you can use the promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month. Each month, you'll receive a new and unique set of dice delivered right to your door. Again, enter promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month's subscription. Go get yourself some dice and help us keep the lights on. Thank you, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 46 The Duty of a Monk As you travel southwest toward the Frost Swamp, dry land is nearly gone. The water covering the ground has an icy sheet covering it in places. The fog is thick, but you can still see the heavy breath of your horses. They push on, but the slog is beginning to take its toll. Baron Misha looks on with amazement. I didn't expect it to be unchanged, but I wasn't expecting all this. Very little light makes it through the trees during the day, and the nights are pitch black. Sniffin stays on Woodward as much as possible, in an effort, one, to keep dry, but also to keep them both as warm as possible. What are you doing as you're seeking out the groan? You mean like as we're riding? Yeah, as you're riding through. Again, it's a slow pace. The train is getting much worse. Probably not whittling, though. 
if there are conversations you need to have with a certain baron, mm-hmm. now would be a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's any sort of investigation of the terrain that you want to do, that would be fine. Maybe we should investigate the terrain and also check for traps. If there's anything just amongst yourselves, if there are any gods you want to talk to, if, uh, I don't know, you've got a few days here. Um, we all spend most of their time alone. So does that mean, like, you're riding a few extra paces away from the group? I'm pulling up the rear of the group, knowing that if something were to happen in front of the group, I could hop off my horse and stealth my way around the front. Like, <laughs> strategically, that looks how I am, but I'm purposely avoiding any sort of interaction with the rest of the group during the days. In my evenings, I spend... I always take the first watch, and I spend the, wa- I spend the watch slightly away from everyone. Anyone who's watching me is noticed that I've taken to taking out a small red leather-bound book, and I've been writing in it, that I keep very deep in the bottom of my pack. And then towards the last day, I do have a conversation with Darwin. Okay. I think we should have that discussion with Baron Misha first, because it's not as important as whatever's going to happen between Vale and Darwin. Mm-hmm. I want to give more time and attention to that. Yep. So, Aaron is... What is it you would like to discuss with the good Baron Misha? Well, first, and slightly off-topic, you said something about you weren't expecting the swamps to look like this? What did you mean by that? Oh, just as frozen and as cold and as deep as the water all is. It's been a long time since I've been here. It was a little more green last time. Okay. Like, it looks like something is wrong. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. I just... It's more vibrant before. It's a long time ago, though. No, I understand that. I just wanted to know what you meant. Um, okay. Just to try to understand, since you come from a place of knowledge of this place and we've never been here. Yes, I've certainly been to the swamps of Crowbar before. Now, hmm, uh, I feel like I could give you a whole bunch of BS here, but instead of doing that, I'm going to tell you straight out that probably shouldn't be just sharing with random people that we have Brumble's mantle. It's a dangerous oh. bit of information. Well, I mean, Elizabeth wasn't random. She holds a very prestigious position. Right. <laughs> Especially people like that shouldn't know. I'm confused now. Why? Why is it dangerous? Why is Brumble's mantle dangerous? I'm, I mean, I know anything can be dangerous. Your loot is dangerous. Most loots aren't. Darwin's sword is dangerous, but all swords are. <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay. So you're telling me you don't you don't have any idea why I, Brumble's mantle might be dangerous to people in power? I just don't understand why this in particular needs to be kept secret. Would you believe me if I told you that... If I give you the answer to that question, it actually puts you in more danger than not knowing? Yes, I would believe you've been quite open and honest with me so far. In which case, then, you're just going to have to trust me. You shouldn't tell people we have that. So, well, then what do I tell people? What do you mean? About what? What if they ask about it? Why would they ask about it? What if they do? 
tell them you don't know what they're talking about. What if Elizabeth comes back and asks? Am I supposed to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was mistaken. We don't have it. <sighs> okay. If Elizabeth comes back asking about that... We've got bigger problems. <laughs> we have bigger problems. Uh, but also, I don't know that there's going to be an issue of you actually answering that question, because we're going to have to kill her. Wow, you should put that on Front Street. I yeah, love it. I did. I love uh, it. What? I mean, you understand she works for the king, right? Yeah. And I work for the king. I mean, I work for the yeah. city of Bristol Shores, but it's, right. it's empty now. Right. Can we just agree to not kill her? <laughs> as long as we don't see her again, sure. <sighs> If she comes back here, it's not going to be to ask us more questions. It is going to be to kill me. If we see her again, her intention will be to kill me. That is not a lie. That is the God's honest truth. Well, I mean, you don't need to tell me that it's not (laughs) a lie. (laughs) That is is not a lie. Water's wet. Thanks. Okay, so Elizabeth aside, we just tell people we don't have the mantle. I wouldn't even mention it at all. This is going to be rough. I mean, are you anticipating a lot of people to come up to you and be like, yo, do you have Brumble's mantle? No, I'm just not accustomed to deceiving people. And when I go back to the capital, it's going to be expected that I make a full report on everything that happened in Bristol Shores, and then on my way back. You can pretty much assume... Uh, that by the time you get back to the capital, the king will already know we have it. Oh. Because it's not like Elizabeth's not going to tell him. Oh, oh, because Elizabeth's going to tell him? Okay. Not that you're going to tell him. Why would I, was, I do that? I... I you already him. did it for me. I was going to tell him a lot of things anyways. I thought maybe you would also tell him things. Yeah, no. Why would I do that? I mean, if you're going with me to the capital, I assumed we would all go together. <laughs> no, no, you see, I said eventually. Eventually means uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, at least six things to do between the grung and us going to the capital. We don't want to take to him to all of these things, do we? Can't we just dump him off in a major city? Oh, no, I'm going to let him go. Okay, good. Okay, okay. How about I just don't bring it up unless somebody asks? And like you said, who's going to ask? That way I'm not lying. How about if somebody asks, you refer them to us? Okay. Okay. Sure. Or you don't go off and talk to people without us so that we can answer the question. Well, he looks down at RML. I don't think I'm getting too far from you. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Baron Misha is going to do their best not to bring it up and to deflect any questions back to you. Thank you. Just in case. Thank you. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, that's not very likely, but you had to bring it up. So, yeah. I did. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Baron Misha is not one to go against people who are helping them and who have proven to be good so far. You helped them out in Bristol Shores. You were eventually honest with Elizabeth. 
you did not fight Ezabeth. That would have been weird. I really don't know what would happen there. Um, but yeah, Baron Misha does not have any real excuse not to go along with any of your requests. So cool. And RML continues to splish, splash, splish, splash into the water. <laughs> Darwin and Vale. I believe there was something one of you wanted to discuss. So, Vale's going to approach Darvin one evening as everyone's kind of settling into their nighttime routines. And uh, I'm going to sit down next to Darvin and very just kind of bluntly say, um, you do realize I intend to kill a member of your order, right? I figured. Is that going to be a problem? If it were my dad, I would do the same. I have no problem fighting side by side with you. But you should know, I beyond Arnus's quest, I don't intend to do anything to help Corum. You're not obligated to. Alright. That's all me. I'm the only one who picked up that burden. Cool. Vale's gonna go back to their tree, <laughs> pull out their little red book, and start writing again. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a few days later as you're traveling through the frost swamps that the going is getting particularly rough. The horses have slowed down probably below even your normal walking speed. Not that you would be faster on foot, you'd have to deal with this water and this cold anyways. And right now the horses are taking the brunt of that. But it is quite difficult for them. So everybody make an animal handling check. Oh dear. Uh-oh. Oh, do I want to to handle your animal. Right, you can't use bardic inspiration, oh, but you could help us all out if you really wanted to. <sighs> I wasn't even trying to roll, it just slipped hey, out. See, this is why you have to roll longer. When it slips out, you crit fail. <laughs> Premature roll, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It had to be said. I regret it immediately. Did it, though? Please cut oh, it out. I don't think it should stand. I was the one talking about handling my animal just 20 seconds prior to that. I suppose that's but true. But stop being funny when I fucking grip fell. <laughs> anyway, bad jokes aside. Sam got an 18 for Woodward. Vale. 13. 13 for Horse. Arnis. 21. 21 for Aramel. Very nice. Aramel's prancing through the swamp. You know. <laughs> it's splish splashy. Splish splash. It turns out some high stepping is actually pretty handy when the ground is in this terrible condition. <laughs> I won't be laughing so much in a minute when we do another roll and I totally bomb it. So. Oh, we don't even need to wait that long. <laughs> God. Darvin? God help me. Darvin, what'd you roll? Daisy rolled a one. <laughs> well, you rolled a one on animal handling with Daisy. For them, you said their horse got a 13. Sorry, I mean... Arnis's horse got a 12. Darwin's horse, Davy. Davy. <laughs> Daisy. Baby, Davy, give me your damper doo. <laughs> Daisy crit belt. Davy would have crit filled too, but a second horse is Davy. Got a horse for each foot. And yet Arnis is still riding with two people on his one horse. Splish splash, splish splash, splish splash, splish splash. Everything's fine. Alright. Armel, horse, and Woodward. 
are making their way through. This isn't the best of conditions. They're not having the best of times, but they're making it. Darwin, you and Daisy, this is not going well. The water is getting deeper. The ground is getting less secure. And while the other horses seem to be coping, one of Daisy's hooves trips in a sinkhole beneath the water, tossing you off. Make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, at least it's Dex. I'm not done. I know you're not done. It's a 12. You land on your feet in the water, though. You're soaked probably from about mid-waist down. It is very cold water. But you're physically fine for now. Daisy, however, is doing less well. As Daisy attempts to get up, it whinnies in pain before falling back down. Um, it's, it's halfway submerged in the frigid water. And it's just like... <laughs> what do you do? I call for help. I'm like, guys, help, horse. I don't know what to do. Help. I need rope. I have rope. While I'm waiting for them. Okay, yeah. As quick as I can, I'm going to try and, like, rope her up and then... Maybe use a tree as leverage. Uh, Yeah, I use a tree as leverage. Okay, I mean, you tie a a rope around the horse and start pulling. You're clearly going to need help to move a horse in water uh, and mud. (gasps) Oh, yeah. You do. Um, So, yeah, you all see Darwin frantically trying to yank Daisy out of this precarious position. I mean, they're not sinking down and going to drown. Okay. She just can't get up right now. Okay. She's stuck. Oh, my horse is already carrying a lot of weight because there's two Good, of us. Because for a minute, this reminded me of Neverending Story. And I don't think I could handle that. No. Uh, so I race over and I grab the rope from Darwin, wrap it around the the, the, the horn. Oh, on the saddle. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Like, I got a unicorn, unicorn right? That's what it's called. I was like, you're a unicorn now? The has got a unicorn. Oh, um, shiny horsey. Uh, and I, I try to use the rope to help the horse pull itself out. Okay, roll an animal handling check. Can I give Vale some bardic inspiration? Yes, you may. It's a D8, right? Yes. Oh, I'm definitely using it. I'm not even looking at the die first. Good. <laughs> it's going to be really good because that's a... God! That's a eight because I have no bonuses. Oh, that's an eight? Yep. Oh, bitch. I guess I have to... A horse starts down. pulling on the rope oh, no. and the ground is just too soft and the water is too deep and just not pulling Daisy much at all. Every strain forward on the rope... Daisy lets out another pained whinny. Okay, I go back and try to help. Kick what's-his-face off your horse if you're going to help. Can I put him on your horse? Or on the ground. We're going to be here for a minute at least. It's not like it's going to hurt him to stand in some wet water. Okay, Baron Misha, I'm going to need you to get off the horse for a minute. (laughs) Understandably, understandable. And they hop right off. Okay. Uh, near a tree, so they're only, like, calf deep in water. I grab the rope from Vale, and I do the same thing. Okay. And see if I can... Uh, roll an animal handling pull check. Pull us from this quagmire. That is a 22. Okay. With RML's help, you're able to pull Daisy into much shallower water. A few inches deep at the most. 
But even still, Daisy tries to get up, and one of their legs is broken. She cannot stand. Vale gets off their horse, gives their horse to Darvin, and tells the group to go. Because Vale knows they're the only one who has the strength to do what must be done now. Wait, I can't heal her? Do you have major mending or something? I don't do you have, have something to fix broken bones? Mm. What do you have? I've got lesser restoration. Uh, read for me lesser restoration. I don't think that's going to do does, it. Does, like, general healing spells heal broken bones? Mm, no. This is, a con- not. this is definitely a condition. It's not just the damage that was done. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's covered specifically under lesser restoration, but I'm going to look under major restoration or greater restoration. Which I don't think I I know have. you don't have that, but I just want to make sure it's not specifically covered under oh, that. Oh, got it. I'm looking for gray area. Lesser Restoration says the condition can be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Paralyzed is something specific, right? It's mm-hmm. not just like... Yeah. Paralyzed is like what happened to Vale. Yeah. At Kane's home. Yeah. I'd be willing to do it with an additional check if you want to try. Because you are definitely like a medic bard. You do have a lot of healing spells at your disposal. And there isn't really a spell dealing directly with broken bones. I definitely think it falls more on lesser restoration than greater restoration. Yeah. It will require an additional medicine check. Okay. Just because this is something beyond what this spell is normally used for. Okay. But it's not something that's outside of Arnis's wheelhouse, specifically. Uh, All right. So if you want to give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. I don't actually see any reason not to. So. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Unless you're out of spell slots. I am certainly not. I don't think so. We didn't get in a fight today. So, definitely use your spell slot for lesser restoration. Yep. Um, I need to set a DC here for fixing a horse's broken bone. (laughs) Because, of course, this goes one of two ways. You succeed, the bone is set and mended properly. You fail, it is healed but mended improperly. And this horse is forever stuck at, like, a limping walk. So either way, if we fail, we have to take the veil option. It'll still be alive and able to walk. Just running will be out of the question. Trotting will be out of the question. Yeah, but we're not going to be able to carry it anywhere, and it's not going to survive <laughs> out here without being able to run. You can't put it out to pasture because there's no pasture to right. run out to. So it's either oh. fix the leg or I will take a veil up on that offer because I think you're right. Durbin doesn't quite have that. I'm surprised that this isn't something Darwin would do, but I'm not going to... I thought about that. This is good. Basically, like, you can't try again if this doesn't work. Okay. Like, you would have to re-break a horse's bone in order to try again. Nope. And... uh, (laughs) Nope. I ain't doing that. But he can try to fix Um, it. Let's see. It's very recent. The horse is in shock now from falling in the cold water, so it's fairly still. So it's not going to be a terribly high DC. What's your medicine at? I already know the number, but I just want to make sure I'm not making this way too difficult. You're talking about my medicine check? Yeah, your medicine check. Your, uh, the bonus, bonus. is yeah. plus six. Okay, yeah. In which case, 14 is not outside of the realm of possibility. No. I mean, if you had a zero to medicine, I'd be questioning your capabilities as a healer. <laughs> but also, like, yeah. So yeah, this will be a medicine check of 14 to make sure that the bone is properly aligned when you heal this. Okay. All right. Nope. Sorry, Darwin. What'd you get? It's all right. Eleven. The bone is set and healed. 
And the horse can get up now. And every step Daisy takes, oh, sorry, every fourth step Daisy takes is very tender and very short. And she can't put weight on it. What do you do? Garvin's just gonna give Vale like a glance and kind of walk off. Okay. You stay or you... Wait, wait, wait. No, he's gotta say bye to Daisy first. So he, like, I don't know, pets her or something. I don't know what you do. I don't know how you say bye to a horse, but... I don't know. Feed her some oats or something. That's sweet. Strokes her mane. She, she like, nuzzles you on the, the side of the head a little bit. Does not whistle or play chess drums. Yeah, then I'm just gonna wander off. Okay. I think Sam is definitely going to follow you on Woodward. He sees what's happening here. He doesn't need to be here for this. I give Baron Misha a little, like, up here. And as we, like, catch up with Darwin, I give him a, like, hand on the shoulder and just say, I'm sorry. Okay. And how long before Vale comes back to the group? Oh, Vale's does the deed. Oh. Yeah, that was implied. Yeah. Um, I like how when it's a person, it's graphic details, but if it's a horse, we're like, yeah, we don't want to get into well, this. Well, I mean, like, I, I know what it looks like in, in my head, and it's probably the most I mean, sensitive moment it's in human. life. If it's something that you want to talk about, feel so, free. Yeah, sure, I can walk you through it. Like, If you want. Because I'd like to, like, because like, I think it develops veil a little. Go um, for it, then. So as as the group's kind of trotting away, Vale does their best to kind of help Daisy down. So they're kind of like, you know, the horses like sit in that like light position <laughs> and kind of is petting Daisy kind of on the head, but also like to calm it. But also because you're not doing this, you know, Wild West style with a, with a rifle, trying to find like the tender spot where it's going to be the fastest and most painless and then just kind of while petting with their left, finds a moment, and just it goes from a pet into the hidden blade, and the horse is just kind of let down. So it's just not even like, I don't even draw a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's just as peaceful as it could possibly be. And then kind of takes a moment. Okay. Not a religious character, but takes a moment to give that silence to the creature and then turns back and is quickly walking back to the group ball, sheathing the weapon. Well, it was a kindness to the animal. (sighs) Sam and Baron Misha at least are somber for the next day or so. It's an unavoidable accident, but still not something that's Fun to talk about. As you continue on into the frost swamps, everybody roll perception. Darvin. You got a 14. Arnis. 22. Vale. 12. Okay. It shouldn't be much of a surprise that Arnis is doing better visually out here in the frost swamps as visibility gets worse. I mean, the fog aside, it is darker than usual. The canopy of the trees is not letting much light through at all. But Aranus, as you're traveling 
further into the frost swamps, mostly what you're seeing is water and trees and fog. But you do see, just a little ways off in the distance, hanging from the branches of a large tree, you see a tent. The muted glow of a lantern shines inside. This tent looks large enough to fit several people. Hmm. I point this out to them. Mm-hmm. Are we in the mood to go poking at things? Or are we just going to ride by the tent? As soon as we know we're looking for something more than a tent. <laughs> we're looking for a village. We are, but whoever, whatever is in that tent may have information. They might. Sure. And also, they may just be hunters out here hunting the swamp. That too, in which case then all the more reason to go talk to them. Talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's quote. hunting in Wait. the swamp. There's like hunting animals in the swamp. Oh, hunting animals. Not hunting the grunk. I was unaware there were hunters hunting the grunk. I, there aren't, as far as I know, but you said something about hunters, and we're here to see the grung. I, I, I assumed it was like... <laughs> I put two and two together and got... some dudes who were looking for some food for their family. I put two and two together and got 22. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Let's go talk to them. Okay. Okay. You all make a slight course correction on your horses to veer off to the left a bit and head towards this tent hanging from a tree. Tree tent. Clearly, to keep it out of the water. Right. Yeah. Do you Arnest, say anything? Up, oh, I guess I have to talk to them. Um, Someone should. Knock on the door. Or you can knock on the flap. I, I guess I knock on the trunk. Oh, of the tree. Of the tree. Okay. You just flip your loot over and knock on the back of your loot. <laughs> or you could just play a song of knocking on the loot. <laughs> I knock on the trunk of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Is this just with your hand, or are you using yeah, something? Yeah, no, okay. like, literally just like, hello. Okay. Trying to be sneaky or anything. <laughs> as she does that, I am snipping off of my horse and trying to find a place to hide. Okay, the ground is quite wet. Ooey. Hiding's not going to be a problem. Like, finding a position to hide is not going to be a problem. Traveling through the water without making a lot of noise is. So roll stealth. Yay. 27. Okay. You're able to keep your movements in the water quiet enough. And since Darwin is still on horse, it doesn't look like there's an empty horse exactly. with you all. Which is why I did it. <laughs> nice. Okay. Aranus knocks on the trunk of the tree, and you all can see movement within the tent. The silhouettes on the side of the fabric as someone moves towards the flap and opens it, and you see you see a hooded figure peer out. Yeah, wearing like a Thick, fur-lined hood. It's definitely meant more for warmth than anything else. And it's very hard to recognize this person at first. Oh, dear. But as soon as they return the greeting, Hello, strangers! Darvin, you recognize the voice probably more than anyone. Oh, damn. Uh-oh. I can't leave it, son. This is Dusty. Dusty! Your old roommate from the monastery. Dusty! 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 Someone who's not trying to kill us. Fires right now. I'm not going to say I knew we should have knocked on this tree because I feel like you I'm going to regret that. And that Dusty is trying to kill us. <laughs> it's extremely unlikely that Dusty would try to kill us. But I'll let it play out before I make a judgment. And Dusty calls out, hello strangers. Dusty? Darvin? 
Oh, yeah. It's like when you bump into an old college friend that you haven't seen in forever. Darvin, what the heck are you doing out here? Um, you know. <laughs> That's a long story. The usual. Okay. What are you doing out here? The usual. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, um, we're, we're here on a mission. Okay, fair. I am too, sort of. Darvin, what oh, is good. going on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is my old roommate at the monastery, Dusty. And he's here on a mission. Yeah. But I do missions, you know this. He does missions. We're a missive people. <laughs> I just hope he's not here to kill the person we need to talk to. Who do we need to talk? Well, never mind, don't. Or one of us. <laughs> this would be an odd place for them to set up camp to try to kill us. How would they know we were going to be here? I don't know. We're not having this conversation because you're not here right now. So <laughs> That's true. Vale is off. Go is off hidden somewhere in the swamp. One does not normally ask about another monk's. Right. I'm Unless... Not. One is involved directly. Directly expecting you to. So as far as I know, we're not, so let him do what he's got to do, and if there's a conflict, well... Then we deal with that when there's actually a conflict. You, uh... Got any extra food, Darvin? It's been... It's been a hard trip for us. Um... Who's us? Man, I can't read what this says. Who is us? I think I got some rations still. I'm sorry, Darvin, what was your question? Who is us? Oh, um, a couple of recruits from the city. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I got some rations or something. Um, well, I'd say come on up, but there's not a lot of room in the tent. Uh, we'll meet you down there. Okay. Mostly because this weird horseback to hanging tent conversation is very awkward positioning, and it really cuts off conversation from the rest of the group. Near the base of the tree, there's a small patch of land. Uh, that rises up above the water. Darvin, you see Dusty climb out of the tent along the branch, drops down onto some of this dry land. He is wearing a winter version of your standard monk robes. So it's all fur-lined, but it's still that same dark gray-blue material on the outside. He's got it bundled up very tightly around himself. The hood still pulled up, and you can see hanging from his waist his flail. I wish I had got clothes like that before I had left. Smart. <laughs> Monastery didn't give me that. Monastery didn't know you were going into cold weather area. This is true. You kind of left in a hurry. This is true. And just as he said, a couple of initiates hop out wearing similar robes, uh, except lighter hue. It's a much lighter grayish-blue color. Uh, and they both just are holding on to, like short staffs, little quarter staffs. They're not allowed to have pokey weapons yet. <laughs> They're still initiates. Who you... Oof, cold out here. Starvin, who you traveling with these days? Um, this is my buddy Arnis. And uh, Sam's still up there. Is Sam around? Yeah, Sam and Sniffins are on Woodward, right over there. This is my friend Sam. His dog Sniffins. Introduce Baron Misha. I don't need to point out that Vale is hidden somewhere. <laughs> I'm not... I don't, like, feel like I need to lie to Dusty. Like, I don't expect any threat, but I also don't... You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. After you're done reintroducing your friends to Dusty and his two companions, 
one of them, a female, speaks up. Arnis. Gray? The Great? What are you doing here? To be able to move on. These are people from Karami. Yeah. They're from the free Karami. I guess that's true. These are good people you're meeting. Maybe. They're with Dusty. But that's fair. But they did. They're the closest thing to friends we're going to bump into up here. If Baron Misha had not connected who you were, he may have now. I mean, they may have now. Well, it's a little late for that. (sighs) Yeah. I'll be damned. And the pair with Dusty pull their hoods back. I think all three of you will recognize them. I know at least Darwin and Aranus will. I don't remember where Vale was when this happened. I don't think Vale was with us. No, it wasn't. Because I think I know what you're I talking about. I think I know about. where this is going, yeah. I don't. I have no idea. The only people I can think of are dead. These people are clearly not dead. Yeah. This is a pair of elves. Young elves. In their late teens. This is Alana and Gerso. Yeah. <laughs> These were members of the students protesting the Bard's Rebellion. Uh, convinced them to join the monk. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, but that's awesome. Oh, yeah, you totally mm-hmm. did. This is all Darwin's doing, coming back. Wow. I'll deal with those repercussions later. <laughs> those must have been some interesting roles. You convince them that perhaps learning how to protect themselves through the ways of Corum and the monastery would be beneficial. And since you weren't sticking around to teach them yourself, they decided to get a little taste. Ah. Alana's spiked red hair has been shortened, but she still has her blue gemstones at the pointed ends of her elven ears. Gerso, as you may remember, he's got the elven script tattoos coming up to his jawline. The right side of his head is not shaved completely as it was before, but it's still shorter than the left side. He's got very long, straight, golden hair. Yeah, a pair of elves under the watchful tutelage of Dusty, learning the ways of Corum. <sighs> we never thought we'd run into you out here. Same. Surprise. You guys made good decisions, I see. Nice. Well, we're testing the waters, so to speak. Testing is a good decision. That's the only way you can know if they're good waters. <laughs> that was almost like a proverb. <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of was. Darwin is actually very wise. <laughs> He's got a plus two wisdom. He's a monk. Monks start spouting proverbs. I'll go with it. <sighs> the steel kind of like, all right, all right. We can discuss the pleasantries later. Um, <sighs> not to be like so forward, but do you have extra food? We yeah, yeah, been yeah. running low a lot. I give them some rations. Okay, how many? I have three. So all of your rations? <sighs> My rations, dude. I'm fine. Okay, then yeah. Okay. Worst comes to worst, we can always shoot some adorable top hat wearing rabbits. Why do they have to be wearing top hats? Because big uh, floppy hats. Big floppy hats. They're gonna steal your hat again, and you're going to eat them. Oh, um, right back. I know. Oh, I think the one you killed was the one who was taking Vale's jewelry. That's true. <laughs> yes. So I guess that was maybe a little more justified. Pickpocket rabbits. Shiny! Anyways. Dusty, Alana, and Gerso, thank you profusely for the food. Gerso tucks it away inside his robes. Was definitely not expecting to run into another monk out here, let alone you, Darvin. Sam. Last I heard, you... Where where the last I heard? Jeez. 
Last I heard you were heading off north from Karami. That sounds about right. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. What are you doing down here? Out here? Um, I am on sort of a prolonged... Well, we, really, are on sort of a prolonged mission from Corum. They're not monks. But I mean... Why is it so hard to explain? Can I tell them the truth about why we're here specifically? You can. Do it. (laughs) See what happens. We're specifically here to try to save the Grung. Like, Hmm. all of them. Hmm. You know, like, look amongst the three of themselves, and Dusty's like, hey, Darvin. Got a minute? So I got a mission from Ogulus, the head of your monastery. Mm-hmm. They sent us to grant Corum's grace to the suffering. According to Corum, there's no rest or recovery for the Grung, save through him. All of them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be easy. It's a training mission for these two. Can you help us? I mean, it's a training mission, right? Yeah. So if I help you, isn't there less training? (laughs) (laughs) That's the route he's going to take. Sure, I'll buy it. Yeah, there's less training. But honestly, we need to hurry and try to get back. The horses died three weeks ago. I mean, we had to put them down. They were frozen, practically. Yeah, I know that feeling. Um... (sighs) Honestly, didn't know what we were going to be doing for food for much longer till you came along. I mean, you know how it is. Sometimes people are just ill. Yeah, I'm not... No, no disagreement from me there. That's not... Now that I'm here, and you're here, and I know what your mission is, I would not... You know, my purpose for being here has changed, but... For Alana and Gerso, it's mostly to see if they can, you know, stomach the work. Sure. They've got the academic part of it down. They're smart kids, but that's a whole other thing to send somebody to Corum. I'm just worried about my traveling companions. Oh? Usually we're able to keep what I do and what we do separate. It's mm-hmm. worked out really well. I'm worried they will not feel bound to follow Karam's wisdom on this one. And I would not want any source of conflict to rise over that. Okay, so... What does that mean for us? We're cool, just... I gotta do some figuring. Okay. And I know there's no time. Um, Well, I mean, there's still some time. We know where the Grung are, but there's more than we were expecting. And, yeah, it's cold. (laughs) And we're hungry. And you have to do each one individually? All of them? I mean, we're trying to figure out something easier. Do you have any ideas? (sighs) You know, thinking ahead hasn't always been my bright spot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, me neither. Alana and Gerso are are thinking on it, though. Some kind of poison or um, something like that for the water or the food. 
it's not going to necessarily be the fastest, but it'll be the most effective, like, in terms of it all happening at once. I mean, maybe if we found the right kind of, like, poisons around here or something, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the swamps. I wasn't expecting to have to do this much this in such a small window. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, this is very, very awkward. <laughs> is it really? Now, Darwin's regretting the fact that we stopped to duck. And do you have anything that can help us out? Um, poisons-wise? That's never been my game, but I've never had to do large-scale euthanasia. <laughs> it's usually just, you know, poke at someone. Yeah, same for me. It's usually just thwack. <laughs> or you know, a prayer while they pass. My friends might have some, but I don't... Man, I don't know if I'm going to be... I'm probably not going to be able to get the bard on board. The bard's not the one with the poison experience. (laughs) Right, but the one with the poison experience they don't know is around. And I don't know if the one with the poison experience will back me on this either, because... We just had a conversation. (laughs) Right. And aside from... There is a humanitarian... Eh, like, this may be the kinder thing, but, I mean, we never talked about that before, so that's not, like, a real talking point. Although I did wonder, because we knew that the bulb was in the breeding pool, so I always kind of wondered if we were going to cure the existing ones, or if they were going to continue to suffer, and it was just the new generations that were going to be okay. Either way, I definitely see the wisdom of not prolonging the suffering. It is, yeah, it's, uh... You know, part of serving Corum. Shortest route. What should we do, Dusty? Should we talk to my bard friend and try to get him on board? The other option... I really don't want to have to deceive him. Also, I'm not good at deceiving people. I've always been straight Mm -hmm. and blunt. It's my strength, even though sometimes (laughs) it gets me a little cut up. I point to the star on my head. Yeah, (laughs) you do have a new scratch on your... You probably have many new scratches on yourself since the last time Dusty saw you. Um, yeah, it looks like you've seen a lot out here. Oh. Do you think I would be helpful going to your friend with you? Or do you want to handle this by yourself? I could go, but only if you think it's a good idea. I don't know Arnis that well. Kalana and Jersov met him. Come with me, but I want you to keep one thing in mind. Hmm. Arnis... Hmm. I was going to say that Arnus is not bound by Corum, but in a way he is. But not in the same way as you. Not in the same way as we are. He's not going to feel obliged to follow Corum's laws unless... Hmm. I might have some strings I can pull there, but the okay. main point is we need to approach this from a humanitarian angle. They can't be saved. Mm-hmm. This is the only way. Okay. I'm with you. Especially... No, never mind. I'll say the part for myself. <laughs> All right. So do the two of you want to go back to the group? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Aranis. Darvin and Dusty quickly turned away right after you mentioned your mission. Alana and Gerso stayed behind, though. Is there anything you want to talk to them about before Darvin and Dusty return? How's it going? <laughs> Um, Alana, I think, was the more vocal of the two, even back in Karami. Also, she's got the spiked red hair, and I want to have spiked red hair right now. <laughs> so, I'm going to talk as her. 
Go for it. Well, it's, it's cold. It's been a long trip out here. Um, but mostly well. You know, Karami's still Karami. You know, no matter what the king does. Ed Coates, still doing a good job. Good. Thought you might be curious about him. Yeah. How, how have you been? What do you mean, no matter what the king does? Oh, you hadn't heard? About the taxes? About the blockades? The tolls? I think we had heard some of that, right? Mm-hmm. No. No? Yes, Darwin's right. Oh. The taxes you had heard about. Maybe because my dad or something? No, I, you found out about this... Um, oh, yeah, we bumped into some travelers or something. The bandits. The bandits who were trying to mug that wagon? Right. That's when the taxes came up. But right. more has happened since then. As Alana will explain to, to Arnis. Well, yeah, I mean, it started out with taxes on the goods produced outside of Karami, but eventually it became, you know, tolls on all the roads going into Karami and out of Karami, and eventually military blockades. People don't travel to the city without leave of the capital. Officially. There's still people working to get around that. Got some good folks. You'd be proud. Call themselves the Aranistas. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <sighs> I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... When you get back there, you tell them that Grey the Great says to keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> well, yeah, we hope to be going back after we finish our business here. Anything else? Cool. Or I'm going to have Darwin and Dusty show back up. At this point, Darwin and Dusty return from not too far away. They just stepped off far enough to have the private conversation. Darwin? Arnis. Yeah. You're not going to like this. Okay. But it's going to be necessary and the right thing for several reasons. And I have faith and your perceptive abilities to see that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, these grung. And this, what was the word they used again? For the thing that was poisoning that, like, spore that was in the word. Bulb. Yeah. It was in their breeding pool. Meaning, even if we could fix it, I'm thinking it would only help the ones who haven't been born yet. We wouldn't be doing anything to alleviate the pain of those still alive. Maybe. So let me propose to you another more compassionate path. (laughs) Also the path that the god who owns your soul wants us to take. Oh, way to put that out there! I kind of, like, whisper that. For, that's for Arnis. That's not for Dusty. <laughs> cool. Do I, I think you know what I'm going to say. Do I need to... <laughs> do I need to keep going? Out. Oh, I really think you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry to be a jerk. <laughs> My associates have been sent here on a mission of compassionate, large-scale... <laughs> euthanasia and well you know that I am bound by the word of my god 
I have little choice. But sometimes wisdom comes and it blindsides you. I did not think about this before. I have to admit, it did occur to me. The bold thing occurred to me. Like, I realized that there would still be a lot of suffering among the current living generation and that this wasn't really going to solve anything for them. All it was going to do is make sure that their kids would come out okay or their tadpoles or whatever. I don't use tadpoles. So I'm not trying to make them sound endearing. Sorry, I'm pretty sure we called them grown poles at one point. Grown so poles. Continue. But I am bound by my order to carry out the mission Kurum's way. Not our way. And I think, now that I think about it, it's also kind of the only way. It is the compassionate thing to do. I just... Mm. I just want to make sure I'm clear about something. You're saying that the compassionate thing to do is to commit genocide. It's not genocide. You're basically, like, murdering an entire race. Aren't there other places where Grung live? Yes. This is one village. It's it's one village. Which... And this is the only place where there's a problem, right? Like, yes. Like, just, okay. I want to make sure I'm remembering this, that correctly. I, I don't know how much into detail we've gone into it. We haven't. This really. is the only location where the Grung are experiencing this problem. Okay. Other Grung villages do exist. Okay. There are other Grung elsewhere. Yes. That is helpful. Okay. Oh, In well. which case, then, let me backpedal a little bit okay. because I would know that. Yes. So, you're saying that the compassionate thing to do is to kill an entire village of Grung. Do you remember the one we met on the boat? Yeah. You know for certain that fixing the thing in their breeding pools isn't actually going to help anybody else? I don't. That's theory. That's speculation. But it does kind of make sense if you think about it. You don't have to take part, although your skills might help make it more compassionate. No! No? (laughs) I... Are you kidding me? Here's the deal. I can't... Mm, mm. Rock. Hard place. Me. Um, Same. I can't stop you. And at this, I look at Dusty because it's not his orders. It's Dusty's orders. I can't stop you from carrying out what I can only assume are is a directive that comes directly from Corum. I can't stop you from doing that. I'm not going to. It would not be in my greatest self-interest to do so. It does come directly from Corum, right, Dusty? I get my orders from Oculus. He gets his orders from Corum. Okay. Will you let me see if I can save them first? Save them beyond what we're going to do? We had a plan. Dusty's confused, like, what you mean by save. He has a definition of save in his mind. Fair. Okay, so... That definitely means peace. My definition of save and yours are two different things. To put it bluntly, you are here to kill them. I'm here to see if I can help them live. Like, actually live, not what they're doing now. Because that's pain and suffering. Will you let me see if my way works? (sighs) Knowing that... I'm not going to stand in your way either way. But please let me go first. Hmm. Dusty looks at Darfin. Do you think it's worth it to give him a shot? What happens 
if he succeeds. Oh, and they're all cured. Yeah, because you still have a mission, and it's no longer a mercy mission. And I would no longer be bound to help you. I'd be like, peace, screw that. <laughs> I'm not killing a bunch of innocent frog people unless the order comes to me specifically. Okay, I mean, I know how, I know how Dusty wants to respond here, but... I think it's time for a persuasion roll. Oh, for me. What, what else were you thinking? I don't know. For Arnis to leave? No, I was thinking that I may need to take a step back so he can talk to... No, no, no. Arnis, you're putting forth an alternative course of action. Darwin is backing you up, which I think is the main reason why he's willing to listen to this reason. So go ahead and please roll persuasion. 21. Arnis, if I'm right about the bulb, the plans may not be mutually exclusive. I understand that. So what does Dusty say? Well, I mean, it'll definitely be easier for Alana and Gerso to wait. They haven't done anything like this before. And while I get the sense that they are willing to try, they're not in any big rush. So, yeah, I'll, I can wait and see what you guys do. See what happens after that. And if you're successful, you know, I'll have to turn to Corum and see... If the plan's changed. Is that okay? Seems like the best option. Arnis, I'm sorry, but I think it's best if I don't help you in your part. Okay. Interesting. Huh. This went weird. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Vale is crouching in a bush I know. somewhere. <laughs> Listening to the whole thing. <laughs> so sorry. Vale, you're hearing a group of people casual. Half of them are casually talking about it. The other half, the RNS half, not so casually, mm-hmm. talking about the granting mercy to the Grung mm-hmm. and trying to save the Grung. I, mean, I don't think any of this is staying hidden from you. Darvin and Dusty's little aside, you probably didn't hear, but this main conversation, sure. Are you staying in hiding? Are you doing anything with this new information? Does Vale have a position either way? Vale's going to walk from where they are. Stands next to Arnis. And say no Grung dies until Arnis has had a chance to save them. Ooh! I, sorry, I didn't know you were here. Oh, that's <laughs> neither, but... That's also kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. That's what being good at your job does. Ooh, Vale got salty <laughs> real quick. Uh, it's very rare that Vale gets to just straight up brag about something like that. So yeah, you're like, gonna take the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Vale oh, just the whole time. Vale just appeared out of the fog. It was startling. I think Dusty is impressed that you just appeared out of nowhere. Stealth is needed for the monks of Corum, but they are not as highly trained as assassins. And- when they see somebody do a great job, like, it's impressive. I mean, you weren't pulling out a weapon, so it's not... Sorry, Dusty is not scared for his own well-being. But he still recognizes, like, oh, nice. Game recognizes game. Yeah. Oh, so there's the five of you, then. Ooh. Well, um, right, we've been staying in the tent here just a couple of nights, gathering some information on the ground. If you're going to try your thing, Mr. Gray, Mr. the Great, Mr. Arnis. Gray is fine. Or Arnis, whichever. Okay. You don't Sorry. even call me Gray the Great. Nobody does that. People do. 
In Karami, people do. Yeah, but not out here, they don't. And it's better if you don't, actually. Oh. Out here. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, we can point you in the right direction, but we don't have much in the way of provisions to help you out. That's fine. And if you find a better place for us to camp, that would be great, but if you need a couple of days, I think with the food Darwin gave us, we can hold up here for a while. So what do you do? I guess off we go. Yeah. All right. Where you go? To the village. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you need to prod Dusty much. He will point you in the right direction. And it's actually a very... It's a short trot over to the Grun village. Maybe a couple hours. That's mostly because the terrain is just garbage. And as you approach the outskirts of this Grun village... You start seeing stone homes. You start seeing grung homes. Stone domed buildings that were built on top of legs. So a dome that comes down into a square. The legs are meant to hold the building up above the water. Originally meant to. Some of them are low enough that the water has risen up to about the door level. Maybe a little bit higher. So there's some water in these homes. But as you get further in, you start seeing more and more of these you don't see any grung yet. But you do notice some torches burning, and you do smell something cooking. I think the best way to describe it would be fungal. And as you continue on, you come across one of these little domed homes. It's a little bit bigger than the others. It stands a little bit taller. On top of this building is a group of adolescent grung of several different hues. Yellows, reds, greens all of which seem to be somewhat dulled. They look scrawny, even for grung. I mean, grung adults are only a few feet tall, so grung children are only a couple feet tall. They're all thin, emaciated, and have that same cloudy, thick-looking coat of mucus-like slime on their skin, which, at the very least, Arnis recognizes from Sock. I'm sure Darwin and Vale would have had at least a chance to see Sock a couple of times, but I know Arnis had the most direct interaction. Uh, and you hear them kind of rivet to each other confusedly at the approach of strangers on horseback. But a couple of them hold up tiny spears, and one of them pulls up a tiny short bow and draws it taut and speaks to you in common. What are you doing here in our village? And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrandpodcast.libsyn.com.